Glad you could join us today. Grace to you and peace from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. As we gather this day, we remember our baptismal covenant, having been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Amen. We have opportunity now to hear our gospel from the 11th chapter of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. Jesus further went on and said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for your yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me in praying the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, as many of you know, I spent the last week up in the high country of Arizona, in and around the city of Prescott, at a place called Camp Pine Rock. And I was there with 11 youth from our community, along with Jen Clark, who went along as an adult advisor for our week at camp. And as we gathered as the body of Christ, we were there with churches from Lutheran churches from Metro Phoenix, from Metro Las Vegas, and of course, Metro Lake Havasu City. <laughs> you know, I can still say we were, you know, and it's amazing when you think about it. You know, you're talking about suburban big churches in, in Phoenix, we're talking about big churches in Vegas. We had the second largest number of camp participants represented at camp from all those churches. I mean, who would have thunk? Who would have thought that lowly little metro Lake Havasu City would have the second largest number of representation at camp? It was our week of, in our synod, we call it Lutheran Camp Formation. And we had over 100 youth, young adults, young youth leaders, and pastors and I can tell you with absolute certainty that the eldest amongst them was Moala. Yes. As a matter of fact, there was a, another pastor there. He's going, well, you know, I'm definitely the oldest here. And I said, no, you aren't. The youngest amongst us was sixth grade, going into sixth grade. So what are sixth graders? About 12 years old, something like that, 11, 12 years old. 
So do the math. There was 54 years difference between the oldest and the youngest in camp. It was a multi, what do, what do we call that? Generational, there you go, yeah, a multi-generational camp experience. And I can tell you that we enjoyed less heat than y'all did down here in Lake Havasu City. I mean, it was warm up there, but none, not even close to being. And of course, the evenings were fantastic. The evenings were absolutely delightful because it didn't take long to go from 92 down to 70, and it did it very, very quickly. As a matter of fact, there was one evening, I think it was like the third night we were there, some of us adult leaders, after all the campers and counselors had went back to their cabins, we all lingered at the campfire ring, and before you knew it, we were all sitting around going, it's a little bit chilly out here. Well, the theme for this summer's camp was living in God's time. Living in God's time. And the theme verse for this year was from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 11, and I want to just take a few moments and read that to you. There is a time for everything, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing, a time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggle? I have seen the task that God has given people to keep them occupied, and he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts, but man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end. For most of us here in this room, we have experienced and lived through, or we have seen, each of these seasons of life that was described in this text. And the reality is, as we continue to live, we will continue to live through and experience these various seasons of our life again and again. And yet, for the younger ones amongst us, which we do have a few younger ones amongst us, there is still a lot of time for these seasons of life to be seen and experienced for them as well. I just want to give you a little context about time. Just kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. I read an article recently in a scientific journal. Now, I don't read scientific journals all that much, but uh, I happened to read an article recently, and it was specifically about the life of the sun. You know about the sun, that big yellow ball up there in the sky? Well, according to their study and their research, they estimate that the sun has been around for about 5 billion years. 5 billion years. That's a long time. But they also estimate that the life of the sun has another 5 billion years yet to go before eventually it will consume itself and it will self-destruct. 
Now again, I, you know, that, that's part of the mystery, okay? That, that's part of the mystery that we live in. You know, there's a lot of things that we simply don't know about God. But I have come to the understanding in my own frame of reference, in my own theological understanding of God, that God is a whole lot bigger than me. And that I don't have to understand everything about God. And I don't have to understand about understand everything about how the world came into existence and I don't have to understand everything about how long God's concept of time is because God's concept of time is much larger than we can even begin to comprehend you know what do they say about God that a that a day in the life of God is a thousand days for us I don't really know and none of you really know do you but when I do think about these things I am, I, am, I am tremendously humbled and I am boggled in my mind by some of these things. And I think that our earthly lives, our earthly lives are minutely short from the perspective of comparing our life with that of the expectancy of the life of the sun. And the longer I live, the more I realize that much of our life is lived in mystery. Now that's okay for me, at least it's okay for me, and that's where I've come to at this point in my life, that I am comfortable living in the mystery. And I'm growing into that more and more. Because that life mystery that I accept and embrace, it is also embraced with the presence of God in the midst of it all. That my life every single day is embraced with the presence of God. And you have heard me say this before, and I'll probably keep on saying it again and again, that we are the active, living, ongoing salvation history story of God and God's presence in our life. There has never been a time in our lives that we have ever been without God, and there never will be a time in our lives where we will never be without God. God is always present to us. The main curriculum for this time together, it was based on the season to the church year, living in God's time. And of course, we all as Lutherans, good Protestant Lutherans that we are, we know what the church years are, right? Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, and Pentecost. And we talked about each one of those seasons of the church year up there with these campers and some of the seasons of life that we talked about. When you think about the season of Advent, we talked about hope, we talked about the season of expectation and anticipation. In the season of Christmas, we talked about birth, season of fear and joy. We also talked about Lent, and we talked about the things that distract us in life. But at the same time, we also talked about those seasons of reprioritizing those things and those moments in our lives that are most important. And we lived through, and we talked about that season of Lent. We, we talked about the season of death. Specifically, Jesus' death. And we also talked about Easter, a season of new life through the resurrection of Jesus with his victory over death in the grave. And we also celebrated the season of living with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and that daily assurance that God in Christ is inviting us to live every single day into the love and the acceptance of Christ's grace. 
And one of the most important things that we wanted to make sure that our campers heard, without a doubt, and we, we drilled this into them every single day, this was one of our primary messages that we wanted these young people to hear, and that is to know that God sees you for who you are and accepts you even with all of your imperfections, all of your quirks, all of your insecurities, all of your fears, all of your doubts, it doesn't matter. God sees you for whose you are and accepts you and loves you. If there was any message that we wanted our youth to hear throughout this week, it was that. That God sees you and loves you and accepts you for who you are. You know, one of the beautiful things about camp and the camp experience for our youth is that these young people, they come from a wide spectrum in life. And we accepted everybody. As much as we possibly could, we wanted every single camper that could come to camp could come. And there were youth there with some special needs. And there were a few that we could probably even say were on the autistic spectrum. There were kids there that had auditory needs. There were kids there that had difficulty with loud noises. Many of them came with a sense of anxiousness and fear for being first-time campers and a sense of not knowing what to expect. And a few amongst them, of course, we know who they were, but a few amongst them were the ringleaders. Yeah. You know those ringleaders? The ones that bring on a follower, bring on the following? And, uh, you know, there were still some of those campers amongst us, amongst us who were annoying and obnoxious. You know, I think I was that way when I was young. I was kind of annoying and obnoxious. Can you, can you imagine that? Can you, can you imagine that I was annoying and obnoxious? I, I really was. And maybe Kim might even say that sometimes I still am. Probably more often than I should be. And yet there, there, was, there was those other campers that were kind and gentle and curious and accepting and just kind of the quiet field mice over in the corner. Of course, some of the kids that were there were super athletic and others were just simply content sitting on the sidelines watching, maybe even reading a book or being contemplative and just simply enjoying the beauty and the natural wonder around them. One of the things that we learn at camp is that and, and this is the beautiful thing about kids. And we adults can learn from kids. And this is one of the things that we can learn from kids, is that kids don't see color. Kids don't see color. They just simply see each other as kids. It's us, it's, it's a, our, it's us adults and our culture and our society is the one that sees color and makes the distinction. But the one thing that I see at camp is that these kids, they're just all being kids together. Because they, the they just see the kid in front of them as another kid. You know, let's just say when you go to camp, you get it all. You really do. And that's one of the beautiful things about going to camp is that you just get a whole wide spectrum. The other beautiful thing about camp is that these young people, they are stretched beyond their horizons and they experience and they do things that they have never thought possible. Can you imagine a young, fearful, timid child, 11, 12 years old, anxious and fearful, and yet has the courage 
to literally climb a tree. Climb up a tree. 20 feet high. Imagine that. An 11, 12-year-old kid climbing a tree with all kinds of fear and anxiety and to stand on a platform above the ground, 20 feet above the earth. And as they stand there, their knees are trembling on that edge and they're looking down and they're saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. And there's all these kids down there over on the side and they're going, come on, Jenny, you can do it. We know you can do it. Come on, Jenny, just take that leap of faith. Come on, Jenny, you can do it. Come on. Jumps out. That leap of faith completely trusting that that safety harness and that belay rope that she has on her will catch her and prevent her from falling to the ground. And then to see the look on her face and to see the look on her face when she finally comes down and her feet touch the ground as she's gently lowered to the ground with that belay rope and she has nothing but this smile, this smile from ear to ear And like, yes, I did it! And the same can be said for all of those kids who climbed up that big, huge platform and and jumped off with that safety harness and glided down that zip line for two blocks. You could just hear the the cable humming as that thing. They were zipping down that zip line for two blocks. The other thing that was really special about camp was that we had what we call home church time. Every day we met as our own home church. And I can tell you without a doubt, you would be absolutely amazed at the insights that our young people have. Because if we sat there, Jennifer and I sat there, and she can sit there and nod her head. It's amazing the insights that these young people have about life. They really do think about life. When you ask them some serious questions about life, they have actually taken the time to think about that stuff. And one of the things we asked them, we said, what, is it, what, what are some of the most important qualities that you see in a friend? And it's amazing. These kids know. They know what they want to have and see in a friend. And that was just one of the many conversations that we had with these young people. And it just kind of blew me away when I heard some of the insights that they had. You see, we are all living in God's time. And this week in our faith community here at Mount Olive, it was a time for life on earth to end for a sister and a brother in Christ. As I mentioned at the beginning of our service today, Francis Bertels went on to be with the Lord, to be in that divine, eternal fellowship with God on Friday. And yesterday afternoon, Bob Streeter succumbed to his many complications and passed on to be with the Lord in everlasting life. And as we as a community, now it is a time for us to mourn their passing. In the midst of our mourning, it is also a time for us to reflect on our faith and to have a time of trusting in the promise of resurrection life. And as we live into this deep reality of loss and grief, And yet at the same time, we simultaneously live on the other side of the resurrection life because our faith tells us 
that Francis and Bob didn't really die. They just simply went on to be, they went on to a new life. For others in our midst, this is a season for being restored to health and regaining strength from either an illness or an injury. I think about Leighton, who's sitting right back there. This is a time of restoration and health for him as he heals from a broken leg. I think about Candy Lunderberg, who's at home right now. A couple weeks ago, fell and broke her ankle. Homebound, because she can't walk, she can't move her leg, she can't put any weight on it, and yet she's going to heal, and she's going to come back and be restored. I think about Leslie Holman, who's in intensive care in the hospital right now with complications from leaky mitral valve. But she's under the care of professionals, medical professionals, doctors, nurses, medical technology that makes it possible for those people to experience the renewal of life through their knowledge, through their medical care, and their therapies. Another season, and many of us will go through some of those similar seasons as well, and maybe already have. For others, it's a season of entering into the final stages of life. And as people of faith, we are all living in God's time. And we are living into the mystery of God's presence that's surrounded and embraced by God's grace and his love and his acceptance no matter what time of life we are living in. And that's maybe a little bit hard for us to hear sometimes and accept, but that is promise that we have every single day is that we can live into the mystery of God's presence, that we are continually surrounded by and embraced by God's grace and love no matter what season of life we are in. And as we live into each one of these various seasons in our walk of faith, we walk with God, our creator and sustainer. We walk with Christ, who is our healer, who is our redeemer, who is our savior and our friend. And we live in these seasons of life with the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our advocate, our guide, and the one who inspires us. And as we continue on these seasons of life, may we trust in the divine wisdom who, as we hear from Ecclesiastes, reminds us this, that God made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. God made everything appropriate and beautiful in its time. And we are given the wonderful privilege and this gift of life. And it is a gift because it has been freely given. And we have the opportunity every day to live into the mystery and to discover the work and beauty of all that God has done from beginning to end. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. I invite you to join me now as we pray the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now go forth from here refreshed and empowered to do the ministry to which God calls you. Travel lightly for you carry within you all that you need and notice God's presence in simple everyday experiences. And whenever opportunity arises, labor for the good of all and may the blessing and the joy of God our creator, healer, and life giver, go with you today and always. Amen. Go in peace and tell what God has done. And thanks be to God.